Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. And I just want to teach, I want to bring some teaching to you today as we um, step into 2020. Uh, we've been talking about here at City Chapel, we've been talking about Let's Go. That's been sort of my, my theme the past couple of weeks. Um, that's right, Let's Go. There's no T in, in it, it's just Let's Go. Um, and the idea is that, man, uh, God's been doing some great things uh, in, in, in this church and in your lives and in my life specifically and particularly. But, but, but after that, like, there's, there's a reason for it. God wants to do something in you so that he can do something through you. So let's go. Like, let's step into it. Let's, let's not stay here where we've been. Let's take a step toward God and um, see what he could do. Every year we pray about a word for the year. And um, I, I just spent some time in prayer and fasting asking God, Lord, what do you want to say uh, to City Chapel this year? What are you going to do in City Chapel this year? And last year the word was freedom. And uh, if you've been a part of City Chapel this year at all, you've probably heard that word freedom thrown around because we began making sermon series about freedom. We began having small groups around freedom and everything. And it seems like God was bringing a lot of freedom and has brought a lot of freedom to people's lives during the last 12 months. And that's exciting to see. But man, once, once God's created some freedom, some, some freed you of some things, you're able to walk in some freedom, then is the time to, to go. This is the time to move. It's time to do something with that freedom. Freedom. freedom is awesome because, as Poppy says, free people, free people, um, which means that, that as you become free, you're more able to share freedom and life with those around you, and you can more live the, the purpose of City Chapel is that people are worth it uh, because you're not so focused on yourself, and you're able to, to release some things and really, truly love people. And so, man, uh, I'm just saying, let's go. Let's move. Um, that Now that we are free, as, 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 as Taylor Swift sang about, the best people in life are free. I think that was, I'm not sure how she meant it exactly. It was her birthday this week on Friday. Don't, I don't know. I, she turned 30. I don't know why I know that. I don't, we'll just, okay. You know, I'm just going to shake it off, I guess. Um, anyway, bring it back in, people. Uh, yeah, the best people, because when you're free, you're able to obey God. I don't know how Taylor meant it, but you're able to really walk with him. And so what I want to talk to you about today is about that move. I want to talk about moving. I want to talk about t- making a move. Um, there are times when God does stuff, um, like without your permission, he just comes in and does things. Like when Jesus was born, he didn't check in with anybody. He just does things. There are times when God brings uh, change and miracles in your life without your permission. But, but many times, God will ask us to make a move personally. So I believe that this next year, I don't really know what the word is for the year yet, but I feel like it's going to be something about moving. I feel like it's going to be something about activating because after you've been free, then God's able to activate some things in your life and you're able to, to make a move, to make a step that, that, uh, that, that, that will be important for, uh, for your life and for those that you're about to meet, the people that God wants you to reach out and to, to love. So I want to talk to you about a big move that City Chapel is making in January, 21 days of prayer and fasting. That's a big move for us. Um, if you've been a part of our church for any amount of, for any uh, in, for any January, you've been a part of that of that time um, since we started. Actually, before we started, we launched our church on January twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen. So that January, before the twenty fifth, we had as a as as a little small group, we had a a, a, a sort of commitment to twenty one days of prayer and fasting. And so today, I want to teach about prayer and fasting. What is it? That's my first point. Um, why do we do it? That's my second point. And how is City Chapel going to do it? That's my third point. And so the, the how is at the end. So you're probably going to have some questions um, before the end. Just wait to the end. In about three hours, we'll get to the how. It'll be great. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, but no, the, the, the how is at the end because there are various ways to do, do fasting. There are various steps. So when I say that, that God wants you to make a move, make a step, I realize that God doesn't want everyone to make the same move. 
Because not everyone's in the same place. And so not everyone has the same background, the same history. Like God's not doing the same thing in everyone's heart. But collectively, we're all going to take one step forward. And so if you're at City Chapel in the month of January, I'm going to be challenging you um, to make a move. I don't know what that move will look like for you. I have some options. I think there's five different options here at the end uh, that we're, that we're going to talk about. And, um, but, but ultimately, it, it, it is a move that God wants you to make. And the big move for us is, is prayer and fasting. So what is fasting? Well, fasting, well, what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God and listening to him. That's as, as simple as I can make it. Fasting is denying yourself food for a certain period of time. That's as simple as I can make that. Uh, meaning you don't eat for a certain period of time. Now, there are different kinds of fasts. There are, um, and this is kind of getting trendy nowadays. There's like intermittent fasting. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's where you go like 12 hours without food and then 12 hours with food. Or, or there's like what you all do where you don't eat while you sleep. <laughs> like, like you're all really good at that. You're, you're, you're great. You just pat yourself on the back for that. And then you have breakfast, which is break fast. That's what it is, because you've been fast. You've been going without food the whole time you're sleeping. That's why you wake up hungry. Micah especially wakes, my son wakes up hungry. He's like ravenous, always needs his food when he, as soon as he wakes up. And so, and so fasting, though, is where you extend that, where you say, I'm going to go without food for 24 hours, 48 hours, 36 hours, uh, you know, whatever it may be, I'm going to go without food for a certain period of time. That's, that's what fasting is on, on a very simple level. But because I'm a preacher, I can't keep it simple. So from a preacher's standpoint, uh, fasting is more than just going without food. When, when we talk about fasting in the church and fasting in prayer, it's, it's really, it's more than that. Uh, fasting is, and this is probably the statement for fasting that I would want you to lock into if you're, if you're a note taker. Um, apparently note takers are history makers. That rhymes. Give me a dime. Uh, so if you're, if you're a note taker, this is what I would say fasting is. Fasting is a visual or a visible um, action that has invisible results. Fasting is a visible action that has invisible results. It, maybe another way to say it is it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a physical obedience that has spiritual blessing attached to it. That's what fasting, prayer and fasting is when you're fasting for God. It is a, uh, a physical act of obedience that brings spiritual results. And how do I know that? Well, because I've been fasting for a while. I've been praying and fasting in my own life, and I've seen the physical, I've seen the, I've seen the spiritual results that come from physical um, decisions to fast. And, and actually, just simply without, without fasting for God or, or, or in a prayer setting, honestly, just fasting period has some results. So Roe was watching a, a documentary a little while ago about fasting, and um, the health experts were saying that everyone really ought to fast at least twice a year for at least three days, three to five days to completely deny themselves of all food, just have liquids, just have juice and water for, for, for three days simply because of the health benefits of fasting. So fasting it has spiritual benefits, that's what I talked about, but, but it also has literal just physical health benefits for you to go three days without food. Now I know some people um, have medical conditions um, where they, 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 they shouldn't do that. <laughs> that. That would not be helpful physically to them. And we have some of those folks here in our church, and in which case they, they fast in other ways. But for many of us, uh, for many of us, you, you just ought to know that like a growling stomach is not a medical condition. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, feelings of intense hunger, that is not a medical condition. That's just uncomfortable. Um, and so uh, many of us can fast. Many of us can. We just rarely ever do. And, and, but the physical benefits are really quite incredible because your body is so amazing. God created our bodies to be just amazing machines that whenever, we, whenever our body doesn't receive food for a, for a while, for about three days actually, after, after that period, it begins to eat itself. But it doesn't eat the bad stuff or it doesn't eat the good stuff. It only eats the bad stuff. Like it, it starts breaking down, for instance, fat, 
molecules, uh, which none of you have at all. But, but for some people out there watching online, they have those, and um, they're quite unhealthy uh, because it makes their heart work harder than it's supposed to be working. It makes their bo- puts more pressure on their bones. And so what happens is when you're fasting, your fat it begins to get eaten up. Now, you don't see that happening. Right, the physical is often like an analogy for the spiritual because as you're fasting physically, your, your, your fat cells are, are being eaten away, but you don't see them being eaten, but you do see the results 21 days later, which is why every January in City Chapel, I mean, people just lose weight at City Chapel. It's, a, it's the anointing of the Lord. It's a, I don't know what happens, like it's something in the water. No, it's the fasting, like, because it, it, has, it, it has actual physical benefits. Not only fat cells, which are sort of the vis, visual things, like you can see that. You can see fat cells go away after they've gone. But there's also um, benefits because it also, your body will also start eating and flushing out the dead cells and the cells that aren't working right anymore, or or what, what medical professionals would call precancerous cells. So I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know how much cancer has actually been prevented by 21 days of prayer and fasting for the past five years at City Chapel. And, and, and you literally have no way of knowing that except to say that there's this physical thing I'm doing and I believe that my body uh, is... Uh, when I don't see it, he's working. Like, I, like I, I believe it's working even when I don't see it. And so that's true in the physical. That's just your physical body, but that's kind of what it's like spiritually. So spiritually, you're making a conscious decision to make a physical action, a physical sacrifice for God, not to bribe him to get, you to do, get him to do something. Some people, some people are like, yeah, I'm going to fast for, fast and pray for whatever. That doesn't make any sense. You never fast and pray for something. Um, you know, like, oh, my grandmother's sick. I need to fast and pray so that God will heal her. Well, no, healing is something that God promises to his children. So this, you don't have to bribe him. You don't have to trick him into doing that. You don't have to do any of that. Fasting is not to get God to do something. Fasting is something that we do as a physical act of obedience to God, which he also attaches spiritual blessings to. And God does this all the time, by the way. Uh, throughout the Bible, he's always calling his people to do physical things that then have spiritual benefits to them. But he doesn't always connect the dots and let them know what the spiritual benefit is. Like, for instance, Moses, in the Old Testament, Moses leads the people of Israel um, out of Egypt, remember? And he leads them into the wilderness. They're there for 40 years. Well, one of the stories while they're out there is there's this other tribe that comes and attacks them. And there's this fight going on. Moses is in his early 80s. He's not down there fighting with the guys. Uh, God speaks to Moses and says, okay, so the guys are fighting in the valley. Moses, I want you to stand up on the mountain and raise your hands. You know, which, which sounds pretty ridiculous. What does that have to do with anything? Like, what, is Moses now the, the cheerleader of the team? Is that, does he need some pom-poms with his hands up there? Like, what is he doing? Well, there's an old guy up there raising his hands. Boy, it'd be nice if he grabbed a spear and, like, threw it at least. Like, help us out, Moses. Do something. But no, God doesn't say, I want you to engage in the fight. Instead, he says, I want you to go raise your hands. And there doesn't seem to be any parallel or connection between raising of the hands and in, on the hill and the fight that's going on in the valley. But the Bible tells us that when Moses stood up there on the hill, he raised his hands that as long as his hands were up, that the people of Israel were winning the war. But whenever he lowered his hands, they began losing. And the Bible's telling us that because it wants us to know that even when God tells us to do something weird, odd, painful, sacrificial, strange, there's a spiritual benefit for it. And so obedience is what God's looking for. He doesn't need your help. He wants your obedience. He doesn't need you to go in and fix everything. He just wants you to be obedient to him. And this is, by the way, a great message for this generation. This is perfect. This is exactly what this generation needs to hear because our generation, we're so caught up in our feelings most of the time that honestly, if we feel it, we kind of think we've done it. If we feel sympathetic toward the homeless, we sort of feel like we've done something. But we really haven't because the homeless, like you, you, your feelings don't feed people. Your feelings don't shelter people, which is why we got a team that goes out on the first Sunday of every month to actually do the thing. 
So, so to make the move is to, to, to make a, a mark, like, you know, like the Keep Kids Fed ministry. I mean, we're not just feeling sorry for 137 kids every weekend. We are donating toward gathering, purchasing food in grocery stores, bringing them, packing them in bags, and delivering them to these kids. Because feelings are good, but feelings don't really get the job done. Actions do. And, and, and it's sort of the flip side of that also happens in our generation is that when we are suddenly not feeling something, then we feel like, well, it's a waste to do it. Because why do it if you're not feeling it? And so for that, I don't know. I, like, I'm only 39. You might have to go talk to like your grandparents and ask them, why did you stay in a marriage when you weren't feeling it? Why did you stick with a job during a season when you weren't feeling it? And, 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 how did, and, and what, what did that build? What kind of empire was built? What kind of prosperity was gained? What kind of relationships were, 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 were held on to and not disposed of just because when we weren't feeling it, we, we didn't quit it? So you might have to talk to that generation because they kind of did some things. Uh, put people on the moon and random, powerful, amazing things. And uh, we got Facebook. But I'm just saying, like, it's kind of, eh, the history books, you, you might want to talk to that generation because, man, doing brings power doing brings power there's even if you can't connect the dots to the doing when God says to do it it, it's powerful like in the new testament Jesus meets a blind man who has come specifically to Jesus because he's blind and he believes Jesus can heal him and Jesus could have just waved his hand and said poof you're healed but he didn't do that Jesus got down in the dirt grabbed some dirt and spit in it and made it muddy (laughs) yeah And, uh, and so it's slobbery saliva, I mean, you know, and, and he starts smashing it into the guy's eyes. It's interesting, um, what's his name? Who, who, who's the guy who just did that Jesus, he was doing a Jesus movie, and um, he, he, was, he, was, he was writing the scene for that story. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix um, Wa- 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 Joaquin was directing this, 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 this story about Jesus. And when it came to that story, he said, I don't want to do it like that. Because that's disrespectful to the blind guy. And I don't believe Jesus would do that. Even though the Bible says that Jesus did it. His Jesus, it was like the guy in his head, uh, was, would, would never disrespect blind people like that. Because it is incredibly disrespectful. I mean, just me making that sound, some of you guys are like, he should not do that. The visitors are here. Like, nobody's going to come back to this church. Like, because it's gross. And yet Jesus not only made the sound, he, he hawked up a loogie, got mud around, and then smashed it. I don't know. Have you had sand in your eyes lately? It doesn't feel good. I mean, it's incredibly disrespectful to this dude. The guy is, the poor guy's blind. And he's like, Jesus, come heal me. And Jesus is like, all right, you can't. Just uh, close your eyes. And he just, you know, he just smashes this, this mud, slobber, drill, dripping down his cheek. And then Jesus says, okay, now I want you to walk through the busiest section of town. You remember, he's blind. And nobody's leading them. I want you to fumble and, and, and crawl and like feel your way to the busiest section of town. Then go to the pool of Shalom and wash this stuff off that I, just, that I just got all over your face. And the guy's like, what? I came for healing. And all you do is shove dirt in my face and tell me to go wash? I'm not dirty, dude. I'm, I'm blind. And Jesus gives him a, a, a physical, visual command for obedience. Not because washing mud off his face is going to heal him, but because obedience to God is brings, it opens up the miraculous. It opens up the miraculous. It really does. And this is true, by the way, on both sides. On the, on the dark side, too. Uh, the Wiccans, they, they always are doing stuff that have, that have spiritual implications. Gathering in their circles, burning a particular deal, it has spiritual implications. And so our physical obedience to God can bring spiritual freedom in our life, can bring spiritual breakthrough. So your, your, the key to your breakthrough in 2020 may be on the other side of something as silly as fasting and prayer. 
Now, I haven't even talked much about fasting. I'm just talking about essentially what it is. At the very core of fasting is this visual act of obedience that has a spiritual blessing connected to it. Now, why? Why do we fast? Why do we fast? Well, to do that, I, I, I want to turn to Daniel chapter 10. Um, Daniel's a guy who um, is known uh, for a lot of things. Uh, he was a prophet. And he's also known for what we call the Daniel fast. He describes a fast that he um, set out on for 21 days, actually at the first month of the year, sort of like what we're doing. Um, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 is where he talks about it. He says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, there was a revelation that was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. In other words, it was very important. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. And that's, that's what I'm saying. The vision came to him actually at the end of his 21-day fast. And so there's some things that God is going to release to you. There's some things that God's going to open up to you. There's some spiritual breakthrough you're going to have when you step out in physical obedience. And now in verse uh, 3, I think it is, he, or verse 2, he tells us what his fast looked like. He says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. It's 21 days. And in verse 3, he says, I ate no choice food, uh, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. <laughs> or the fancy creams. Uh, no lotions or fancy creams. Uh, nacho Libre. Uh, but he says, I ate no choice food. I ate no meat. So essentially, uh, my version of that is basically a vegetarian diet. That's no choice food. Choice means desirable. Stuff that you want to eat. And so this is actually what most of us do at City Chapel. We do the Daniel fast. So we don't completely go without food. Um, you can if, if, you, if, you, if you feel like that's what God's calling you to do. But for 21 days, we go without basically everything that we normally eat. So no bread, no grains, no dairy. No, yeah, that's all of those. Um, no combination of those. No processed food, no sugar, um, uh, no meat, no fish, no coffee, no coffee. <laughs> and uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm in line at Starbucks right there with you. Uh, every day I have three shots of espresso on ice in a grande cup. And uh, so I can stir it up. Anyway, like it's great. And sometimes during the day, I'll get some more espresso just because I like the taste and I like the just, just good stuff, you know. But man, for 21 days, I lay it down and I don't, I don't drink it. Why? Because that is choice food. Like that's good stuff. And so Daniel said, man, I got rid of all the stuff I wanted to eat. And I just ate the stuff that like fueled my body. It didn't taste good. I didn't like it. But it was to keep me alive. And to give me energy to do stuff, but I didn't, I, like, no choice food, nothing that I would normally desire. And so that's really what the Daniel Fast is. That's what many of us are going to be participating in. Um, if you want more details, more details is on our website, as well as there's a link to talking to your kids about fasting. So I would never force my kids to fast. Oh, that's just mean. Like, don't make your kids go without food. But there are ways to talk to your kids about joining in the fast that you are doing, and probably in a kid version of the fast. Um, for instance, our kids, we always talk to them about giving up something during this season. And so they, they will fast different things. And, um, but it's, it's so important that they also get involved in fasting as well, I think. And so that's all on the website, and you're going to get a link to that here at the end. But, but I, I want to talk to you about this particular fast because this shows why we fast. It shows why we fast because Daniel is giving up all choice food, all desirable food, and uh, he's not eating anything that he wants to eat. And then after 21 days, he has this vision. He has this, this, this angel appears to him. And that's in verse 4. We don't have it up on the screen. But verse 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 is all about what this angel looked like. There were other people around him. And they all, like, took off. And, and so, but, but in verse 10, we see that the angel, it says, A hand touched me and set me trembling or made me tremble on my hands and knees. And that's the hand of the angel. And he said, Daniel... You who are highly esteemed. That statement right there, that phrase, you are highly esteemed. Wouldn't you like to hear that from God? You are highly esteemed. Now what's interesting is the 
The word in the original Hebrew for highly esteemed is the exact same word that Daniel used up here in verse 3 where he says, I ate no choice food. That word choice or desirable is the exact same word as, as, as highly esteemed. Meaning, the angel said, Daniel, you are highly desirable. You are very much desired by God. You are, you are what he is hungry for. You are what he is thirsty for. You are what he wants to have with him. He's, 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 he's letting Daniel know something that, that I think kind of fills in for us the blank of the why. Why do we fast and pray? Is it so that we can get spiritual blessings? No. Even though spiritual blessings come, it's awesome. It's not for the physical benefit. Um, it's not for the spiritual benefit. The reason that we set aside 21 days to fast and pray is so that this passage could, could be spoken over us. Harry, you are highly desirable by God. You are greatly desired. And there, there's a direct, there's an obvious link in the text for Daniel between verse 3 and verse 10. In verse 3, he said, I set aside all desirable food. And when I did that, I became desirable to God. When I got rid of what I wanted, I became someone that he wanted. Now, I know there's some pushback there because, well, doesn't God desire everybody? Doesn't he want everybody? Well, no, he loves everybody. And the word for love is agape, which is plastered throughout Scripture. That God so, John 3.16, God so agape'd the world. Well, agape is, it's a love, but it's not an emotional connection. That's a, that's, that's a totally different Greek word. It's phileo, would, would be an emotional friendship connection. Uh, agape is a, it, it's a priority. It's, it's to, to put people at a high place in priority. So when God loved the world and, the, and when he loves us, which he does, he loves each and every one of us and you can't make him love you anymore. And whatever you do, you can't make him love you any less. But what, what it means though is that he has prioritized you. He's placed you at a place of great priority. Even the, to the place that he believed it was worth the life of his son. So you are of great priority to him. But he is not friends with everyone. He doesn't, uh, there's a difference between the love of God and the favor of God. And favor is spoken of a lot in scripture. And specifically uh, the term obtaining favor or gaining favor. Now, how do you obtain favor? You, well, you, well, you don't buy it. You don't give God a certain amount of money and then, okay, now you have favor. No, it always comes through sacrifice. That as you give up what you want in order to seek him, that makes you into the kind of person that he's really attracted to. He's not attracted to a physical appearance. Uh, he created everyone beautiful in their own way physically. But spiritually, he's looking at your heart. And he's, he's looking at the state of your heart. And this is something I've noticed in just, just in my own life. And you say, well, that's not really fair that God would have favor over certain people. And it's true, it's, but it's not random. He doesn't just favor certain people just because of their, their history or their genealogy or where they came from. The favor of God rests on those who fear him. The favor of God rests on those who sacrifice, who, 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 who take their spiritual belief and make physical sacrifice in pursuit of him. And so even in my own life, I mean, I was saved when I was six years old. I grew up in a family that feared God, that loved God. And from a very early age, I recognized the love of God for me. And I submitted to that. I received him into my heart. I put my faith in him. I was baptized when I was seven years old. But it, 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 very soon, I realized I needed to have my own faith. Apart from my, my dad's faith and my mom's faith, I had to have my own walk with God. And so I began at 10 years old to go into my bedroom and set an alarm for 15 minutes. And I'd pray for 15 minutes. Now, what does a 10-year-old pray about for 15 minutes? <laughs> like, I don't have money cares or worries or a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of stuff going on. But that's the point. Prayer is not just about a laundry list of all the stuff that's going wrong in your life that you want God to fix. Prayer is not like, oh, if you're feeling down, come pray. Like, no, I, at 10 years old, I wasn't feeling down half the time. I was going into my bedroom and I'm like, I'll set my alarm. And it was just a physical activity. And I didn't always hear angels. Oh, I never heard angels, actually. I, I never had this amazing experience of, wow, the heavens opening up. But there's something about a physical activity, a commitment to a physical activity that uh, over time, and then I'm 12 years old and I decided to fast every uh, week, one day a week, on Tuesdays usually, for about 24-hour period, I, I wouldn't eat anything, and I would spend a little extra time in prayer as a 12-year-old. 
And so, like, you're never too young to obtain the favor of God. And you're never too old to obtain the favor of God. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at what you're ready. It's good that you're receiving the love of God. That's great. But what have you laid down for him? What have you given to him? Because this is, this is the relationship. This is the basis of, of intimacy with, with, with God. And I'm not talking about being saved. All right, you, can, you, you, can, you can receive the love of God, repent of your sins, begin walking with him. But if you want to walk in intimacy with him, if you want like the angel put his hand on him, if you want God to put his hand on you, like, like, it's interesting if you read the whole story, Daniel is, is in a place where there are lots of other people there, and, but they don't see the angel. Only Daniel does. Like, and, and, and that's true of people who are living under the favor of God. They see God in places that other people don't see him. They hear God when other people are like, uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't hear anything. They, they pick up on, they're aware of him. Why? Because they found favor with him. This is why we fast and pray. This is why whatever level of fasting God's calling you to do, this is the ultimate goal that you would be, I think scripture says, pleasing to him. That's the ultimate goal, to be pleasing to God, to obtain favor, to become the kind of person that he desires, to hang out with, to talk to, to speak to, to dwell with. This is where intimacy comes into place. Abraham, the Bible says, was a friend of God. And Abraham, when he had his, his, his son, God said, all right, so I want you to sacrifice. I want you to kill your son for me. And, and, and Abraham was like, what? But Abraham was ready to do it. And God didn't ask him totally to do it. He didn't really want him to kill his son, but he wanted to make sure that he was willing to sacrifice. This is what friendship with God is. It is to lay down of, when I give up what I want, then I become what he wants. When I give up what I desire, I become desirable to him. And I put myself in a place, I put myself in a posture, I put myself in a position for him to put his hand on me and to speak to me. See, God was revealing things to Daniel that he wasn't revealing to anybody else. And I can say that I've seen that in my own life. There have been things that God has said to me others in the same room didn't hear. There's been things that God has done for me that he hasn't done for anybody else. And it wasn't because I'm great and it wasn't because I'm smart. It was literally just because I have this favor of God on, on my life. I was, I was 17 years old and I was asked to preach on a Thursday night and I felt like God spoke to me on Sunday night and asked me to fast all the way until Thursday night. It was a four day, no food at all kind of fast. And it's tough and it's brutal when you're 17 or 39 or whatever age you are. Four days without food is difficult. But man, during that time, I would spend an extra like hour a day in prayer because normally I'd be eating for lunch. And so instead of that, I just spent time with God and God began to show me things. And I'm telling you, like so much, like so much of what I know about God and so much of what I see in the scripture comes not from my, a knowledge of Greek or from a Bible college degree. It comes from simply God sharing things with me. Not because he has to, just because he wants to. And this is where the favor of God, like it's Bishop Jake's favor ain't fair, you know. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not measured out to everybody the same. There are ways of connecting with him in a greater level and fasting, setting aside, giving up things in pursuit of him and spending time with him. That's part of it. It's totally been part of it in my own life. I went to uh, work for uh, Tommy Tenney. Um, I don't know if you, you know that story, but I was Tommy's personal assistant. Well, the whole way that I got that job, like I, I just volunteered to be like an intern with the ministry for six weeks. And um, I was not planning on working there at all. And so I was there for six weeks. And my job as, as an intern was to call the partners of the ministry, people who um, donated every, every month, like on a monthly basis, and just call them and not take money I wasn't authorized to take money. Just, just pray with them. Just see if there's anything going on in their life. I can pray with them over the phone. So that's what I did for four hours a day. I would just call up. He had like 3,000 people. And I would just call these people up and just say, hey, um, how can I pray for you? And a lot of them, they were so fired up about the prayer. They're so fired up about everything that they were like, well, I'd really, really like to give to the ministry. And I'm like, well, I can't take your money. So no, I'm not taking your money. I'm just praying for you. And so what happened though, and I, I didn't know this, I'm praying for people. And that month, the giving for the ministry was like, it was like hitting giving records. <laughs> and so, so Tommy was asking around, like, what's going on? How come lots of people are just 
just, just giving. Back in those days, they mailed checks. Why are like a bunch of people mailing checks to the minister? What is going on? And so the, 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 the head of the program said, well, there's this, there's this young guy, Harry. He's, he's kind of got a pastor's heart, and he's just praying for people. And I guess people are just really getting blessed by that, and they're just wanting to, they're just wanting to give to the ministry to kind of keep that going. And he's like, well, we need to hire him. So, so I mean, that's, that's entirely why I was hired. Uh, initially, just to be the prayer like partner guy who talks to all the partners and prays for them. Uh, and, 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 I, and I didn't do that. I, I, most of, like, I'm not up here even today with City Chapel having lasted for five years. I didn't do that. And the stuff that's been done, I haven't done it. I'm not that smart. <laughs> You're like, I know. But... You don't have to amen that part. It's just, I'm just letting you know. Like literally, like my my mom has laughed a lot of times. She's like, you just kind of like stumble through stuff and God just like makes stuff work out for you. And I'm like, I'm trying to get better, but yeah, I guess so. I'm not always like the most, but God, the favor of God makes up for so much. Like so many times, there've been times when we've made mistakes you know, personally, like financially made mistakes, like, oh, we should have reported that, we didn't, oh, we should have filed that, we didn't, and I'm just like, God, uh, can you really help me out here, because uh, just give me mercy with the guys, because like, uh, the, the toll road, we had a toll bill for like a thousand dollars, but this is back in the day when they were really sketchy, and they would like double and triple your bills and stuff, so I'm calling them, can you guys like let me off the hook, this thing, and like, yeah, so they, like, there's been so many times, the favor of God, it's, it's, you, can't, you can't quantify it, but it's present. And I want my kids to live in that. I want my kids to grow up. It's, look, you guys are highly esteemed because your parents were highly esteemed. Because your grandparents were highly esteemed. Like, what would it look like? I know many of us don't come from that kind of home, but what, what would it look like if we started that in our homes? What kind of home, what would it look like if our kids grew up in a place where, 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 where the parents were highly esteemed by God and they lived in the favor of God? And they just said, wow, they had, mom, this is great. Why is there so much peace? Why is there so much joy? Why is there so much love in our home? Well, that's because of the favor of God. Because God works stuff out, even in our marriage, that I'm not smart enough to work out. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand women. And, and, and God just, God comes in and works some things and does some things between us. It's the favor of God. And so we fast to put ourselves in a position to be favored by God. So how? How is City Chapel going to fast? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, there's, a, there's a number of ways. Um, the first way, let's, let's, go, let's go spiritual and then we'll go practical. So the first way that we're going to fast is spiritual. In Matthew 17, Jesus, we don't have it on the screen, but Jesus deals with prayer and fasting. There's a guy who's possessed by demons, um, and that's a whole nother deal. And uh, his disciples can't cast the demons out. And so they, they come to Jesus and they say, look, your disciples couldn't deal with these demonic powers. And Jesus says something. He says, he says man, this is a faithless and perverse generation. Now, now what that means is he, he goes on to cast the demon out. And then his disciples say, Jesus, how come we couldn't do that? And Jesus says, because these kind only come out by prayer and fasting. So there's some stuff in your life that's only going to come out of your life by prayer and fasting. But, but really the key to it is at the very beginning of the story when Jesus says, this is a faithless and perverse generation. He's not like condemning them. He's explaining why they couldn't cast the demon out. Because one, they had no faith. So this is what happens over time. All of culture and life is trying to unplug us from faith trying to pull our eyes off of faith, off of Jesus, put it onto things of this earth, put it onto a savings plan, put it onto what might happen if, if you got that disease, put it onto fear of like uh, turmoil and, and, and political nonsense and, and what's going on over there and what did they say about me. And, and, and all of life is trying to unplug you from faith. And so Jesus said, man, this is a generation that doesn't have faith. And so the first step, to really taking, to getting close to God is simply to plug back into a place of faith. To say, you know what, I'm, I'm not just going to operate based on what I see or what I can figure out. I am going to live by faith in God that I cannot see. And I'm going to live by faith. And so I'm going to plug back into faith. That's prayer. That's what prayer does. And I don't care who you are. I personally need to plug back in 
to prayer. This is why one of the reasons why we keep doing this every year is because every January, as your pastor, I need to plug in to God because I can get distracted and, and I can start looking around at, well, maybe we should do this and maybe I should do it. And, and, and what, what, what started off as a passion can become a job if I don't plug into faith and, and into a place of faith. And so that's why 21 days, we're going to be here Monday through Friday, every night praying. And you can just come. And even if you don't know how to pray, you can just sit in a place where other people are praying. Sometimes just a step, taking that step, say, I'm going to take time out of my regular schedule. I'm going to disrupt my life. I'm going to plug back into prayer. I'm going to plug back into hearing from God, back into reading his word, back into thinking about him, back into uh, uh, making him a priority in my life. So he says, first of all, I mean, you have to plug into faith. But then he says, this is a, a, a faithless and a perverse generation. That means perverted, mean, meaning we're, we're unplugging from faith throughout the year, but we're also sometimes plugging into the world. Yeah. We're plugging into a perversion, a twisted version of the way that God sees things. And so that's what fasting does. Fasting unplugs us from the world. It unplugs us from Netflix. Come on, somebody. Some of us need to unplug from Netflix for 21 days. From Facebook, maybe. Step back from Facebook for 21. It'll, it'll be there when you get back. The Disney Plus thing will be there when you get back. All the vault. It'll be the vault. is still the vault. It's, it's the vault. It's not going anywhere. I mean, clearly. You, you, can, you, can, you can unplug from some things that are clouding your mind, that are distracting your, your view for the first 21 days of the year, man. Let's unplug from some stuff so that we can get into a place where we can cast out some stuff that needs to go. Because truly, many times we start plugging into little things at a time, just little sins. Little sins, you know, it's not that important. It's not, nobody really notices that. That didn't really have a huge effect when I started that. And it's just little compromises, man, that it ends up draining us. He says, you have no faith and, and, and your view is, 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 is perverted. It's, 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 it's shifted from the way things really are. You're looking at things like the rest of the world does. And so that's, that's, that's how we're going to do it. All right, we're going to plug into faith and we're going to unplug from every compromise, every sin, every perversion that's in our life, we're going to pull the plug on those. That's, 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 that's the spiritual way, but the practical way that we're going to do that is this slide up here. Uh, we have a slide for uh, different moves that we're going to make. God's calling us to make a move. And so in um, January, this is January 5th through the 26th. That's the 26th days. The 5th is a Sunday, and the 26th is a Sunday. And that, that's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our 21 days. Um, and so what, what, we have these one, two, three, four, five different things that we have going on. And so now this is a good time to get out your cell phone. And this is your altar call. And we're going to have altar call with cell phones. Um, because really the move that God's calling us to make is just simply to make a commitment um, to one or two or three or four, five, all five of these things. Um, now, before the holidays hit, before things get crazy, uh, we're going to make a commitment that in January, from January 5th to January 26th, and we're going to be updating you, reminding you, sending text messages and Facebook stuff and emails um, and even handouts next week to help remind you about this stuff. But even right now, I just want you to pray about what step God's asking you to take because we're not all taking the same step, but we can all take a step forward. And so these, these are your steps. So um, you text... These words to this right here, 512-960-1617. First off, prayer. So that's the big thing that's happening. Uh, If you're interested in getting updates on our prayer uh, in in January, text the word prayer to that number, and uh, you'll get a a link uh, sent to you while you're here, and that'll take you to some information um, about fasting and about praying and about talking to your kids about it and and all of that kind of stuff. But we're going to be meeting here Monday through Friday, uh, 7 to 8 p.m., and then, um, and then on Wednesday nights, we're going to do something special, though. So um, Monday through Friday, generally, we'll, we'll meet in this room. We'll have some music playing, and we'll just we'll pray together. You can walk around. You can sit, whatever you feel comfortable with. But then on Wednesday night, we're going to have a special um, service, actually, three special services, because we got three Wednesdays in these 21 days. And we're going to have the worship team here. We're going to lead you all in some worship. I'm going to share a quick message. And then we're going to have a prayer focus, and we're going to invite you, we're going to invite anyone to come down to the front we're going to pray for you for specific things so one night and we're going to we're going to let you know which which night is which but one night we're going to focus on physical healing 
Um, the Bible says that if we lay hands on the sick and we anoint them with oil and a prayer of faith, um, they, will be, they will be healed. And so we believe that if you're feeling sick, if you know someone that's feeling sick, bring them on that night. Let's see God bring healing into their life. Okay, and so that'll be one Wednesday night. Another Wednesday night is spiritual oppression or demonic oppression, that there's some things in our lives that are, are just uh, the, the enemy that is oppressing us, and we're going to be praying over different areas of spiritual oppression. Have people come to the front, and we'll just pray over you and see what God does. Um, then the third night, we're going to be praying over addictions and habits and things that you can't shake, bad habits you can't get rid of. Um, and so we're going, to be, we're going to be addressing those and praying over you. Uh, it's not just all um, behave, cognitive behavioral therapy, <laughs> all right? There's a spiritual component to it. And so we believe in the power of prayer. And during fasting, and we want to have, have three targets on those evenings. So it's more like a church service. We're going to have child care and worship and praying for you each Wednesday night. And so um, come on Wednesday nights if you like. But if you want more information and to stay up, Dated on that text prayer to that number. And then also we're going to have a small group that's starting during the 21 days. It's just a short small group. And um, my brother's leading that. It's uh, based on a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Um, so for some of us, our step, yes, is fasting and prayer. But for others, the step may be answering some questions about the faith that you have. Uh, this, is a, this is a real in, kind of intellectual look at why we believe what we believe. Um, and it may answer questions you have. It may also equip you to answer questions to those people around you um, in the year 2020. And so that may be the step for you. There may be questions in your mind about God and about the church and about the Bible. And how can we know that the Bible's real? And how, when did these guys write it? How did they compile it? All those kinds of things. Those may be keeping you back from really following God. So we want to address those. So that may be. So if, you, if you're interested in that, text the word faith to that, that number and you'll get signed up for that group. And then um, we're going to do a little something with the word fit. Um, so Michelle is leading a, a walking group, which is where they're taking literal steps, you know, like with your feet. Um, they're going to get out of the house and get some exercise going. And so, so for some of us, that is the next step God's calling us to do. He wants us to take care of our body because honestly, when you deal with your body, when your body gets healthy, then your emotions get healthier. When your emotions get healthier, then you're more open to your spirit man getting healthier. So for some of us, that's where it starts. And if you're interested in walking, you can text the word fit, um, to that number right there. And then, um, the word daily, this is a, a Facebook group that my wife did last year, a 21 day challenge during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. So if you want to be challenged, she comes up and prays about and comes up with these special challenges one for each day and uh, they're pretty they're, they're pretty awesome we saw some great things come out of it how many of you were part of the 21 day challenge last year a couple of you and you're still here awesome so <laughs> lovely still holding tight with the challenges so if you want to be challenged if you want to step into that group um text the word daily to that number and we'll get you connected and then over here we have the word porn free and that's because, man, I just believe God wants, for the men of City Chapel, this is specifically for the guys. I know it doesn't only affect guys, but I know it especially affects guys, um, is, is an addiction to pornography that cripples us from becoming everything that God wants us to be. This is one thing that really stops us from walking with him. It keeps us in shame. And actually, there's a whole lot of shame. Even just uh, pastors don't even talk about it very much because there's so much shame connected to it. And at City Chapel, man, we want to, one, release you from that shame and let you know that it's okay to be struggling uh, with pornography and be at City Chapel and be desiring God at the same time. But man, let's, let's, let's make a move. Let's have a lust-free January. Let's, let's, let's at least let's start off with a lust-free January. Maybe we'll get to a lust-free February, we'll, and God will do some stuff in, in, in March and April. But it starts with a step. And I think the first step is those of us that, A, are struggling with pornography addiction, um, joining it together to be accountable with each other, um, but also to pray for each other. Um, we're, we, we also have a book that we're going to be working through that kind of has some practical tips. Um, but ultimately, it's about us coming together and, and being honest and, and vulnerable and, and realizing that, there, that the shame is a lie. 
that is, this, this is every guy's battle. This, I don't care who you are. This is every man's battle, and our culture is bombarding us. And so I want us to join together and not have to hide in the shadows and try to figure it out. Um, instead, let's, let's come together and let's pray for each other. So if you're interested in that, if you're a guy and you'd like to be a part of that, um, you can text uh, one word, porn free, to that number. Um, get those words in the right order. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, that group is not for you. You, you will be disappointed. There's no other... We don't have that other group. It's just, that's it. Um, so we're trying to go that way with it. Um, so yeah, uh, text, text that word to that number and let's, let's join together. Let's pray for each other. I'm excited about what God's going to do when we just take a step. I don't know what the step looks like for you, but I guarantee one step in the right direction. And God so often takes about a thousand steps toward us. It's amazing. You can be a million miles away, but you take one step, and then suddenly things start moving. Things start clicking. The favor of God comes in your life, and doors start opening, and revelation just comes to you, and understanding comes to you. Uh, so many times we, we try to understand before we, before we obey, and yet God says, no, if you obey first, then you'll understand on the other side of that. I'll bring understanding to you. So i just like to pray over you. Um, as we as we go, and I know we've been doing worship and stuff at the end, but I don't know, I'm just sensing just to pray over you. I think this is your altar call. This is our worship, is just to, is just to commit um, to January. And so would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Father, I just pray over these people and, and myself included. God, I, I need you. I need more of you. I need to refocus on you. I need to plug back into you. I need to unplug from some things. The cares of this life just, just get to be too much, and I'm looking around at too many other things. I need, to, I, need, I need 21 days where I focus in on you. And so, Lord, if I need it, surely we all, we all need it. And I just pray for City Chapel as a whole, whether they're adults or, or children, God, that you would move us toward closer to you, that we would take a step, and that even now you would give us courage to take that step. It's not always easy, but give us courage to take steps towards you, believing that you're going to do amazing things on the other side of our obedience. Father, I look forward to what 2020 holds. I look forward to the vision that you have for our lives, for our families, and for, and for our, our dating relationships, and for, for our personal walk. God, I thank you that you have power, that you have power that we don't have. It's not about a new commitment. It's about, not about New Year's resolution. It's about a new connection with you that grows something deeper inside of our hearts. So, Lord, I just speak that over each and every one of us. I speak transformation and life and joy and peace in the Holy Spirit, confidence to walk with you. Lord, I come against fear and anxiety and, and uh, the belief that you, that you have to be perfect before you can enter into church or anything like that. Lord, no, I just speak just the, the accepting arms of the Father, the, the love of God that rushes toward us as soon as we take a step back to his house. He's so quick to forgive, so quick to restore, so quick to renew. We thank you for who you are, Lord. We lean into you in this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. You guys are dismissed. Have a lovely day and a great, a great holiday season. Um, look forward to seeing you again next week. See ya.